kind of cool listening to a head coach who's won two Stanley Cups and still get a little giddy about uh, the Olympics and compare it to uh, growing up watching a television get wheeled out to watch a Team Canada matchup. You know, uh, what a guy he is, a thoughtful coach and obviously a proud Canadian. I'm excited he's going to lead uh, lead our team. You know what's funny is if there's a few Tampa Bay Lightning players listening by chance mm-hmm. and you go, oh, he's such a thoughtful yeah, coach. Yeah. <laughs> such a thoughtful <laughs> yeah, person. Like, no, they're going not. like, oh, my God, I hate that guy. Yeah. Because you know there's just no coach in the world that can have 20 guys love him. No. There's always going to be like a third that love him, a third that hate him, and then a third that uh, could take it either way. There's some guys who need the carrot, some guys who need the stick, and some guys who need several sticks often. And I think Cooper's not afraid to give all of them what they need. Let's go to Aaron Ward, a guy that's uh, we've had a lot of fun with so far uh, this season on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Wardo, is that is that pr- probably accurate? We just had John Cooper on and... Uh, and Justin says, what a thoughtful guy. And I'm sitting there going, how many guys on his team think he's thoughtful? Uh, the, the thing about John Cooper is he strikes me overtly as a guy that that has a certain persona to him that is kind of welcoming. Like, you want to be around him. You want to hear him speak. I imagine that he has a second side to him as a coach that we never get to see, where he has to lay the hammer down. He has to be the, the hard ass. Uh, I don't think coaches ever survive as being solely co- players' coaches. So it'd be interesting to see what that dynamic is. And if you could get the guys in the locker room to come out with exactly what he's like, that, that I mean, everybody wants to improve his coaches. Clearly, Cooper's got a legacy going right now that's, that's basically second to none. Uh, it'd be interesting to see all sides of John Cooper currently. Yeah, for sure. Um, what were your thoughts last night on, well, actually, we'll get to both hits, but the, the knee from Spezza, the knee from Cole on Shifley, and kneeing in general, Wardo, we've, we've got some very different suspensions handed down for two very different knees. Uh, what are your thoughts on the ones you've seen over the past week or so here? I think the one indicting thing for Spezza is that, you know, the, the league looks at all factors encompassing that play, right? And, and I think there's video out there of Spezza upset on the bench at what was going on. So in terms of premeditated or whatever you want, and I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying that if you're, you're Peros and, and his, his gathering of, uh, of, of men that sit around and, and assess the value of, of a suspension or non-suspension, I think they looked at that, that if you come through and clearly the head is, is in a position where you can, I, I imagine he could have avoided he almost leans into it, and I, I get it. Like, I've been that angry at an opponent before for what he's done to an opponent, and I want to do something, but I don't think I ever took it to that place, right? And the difficulty is, do I think he was aiming for the head? No. Do I, do I think it was irresponsible how he, he threw that hit? Absolutely. Uh, but only he can tell us, and I, I don't imagine he wants to voice his opinion. The Cole one, to me, like, that is the prototypical – in September, when you come in, the National Hockey League presents a video that tells you all of the <laughs> all of the suspendable offenses. Ian Cole just reenacted one we've all seen since 1995. It's it's utterly that's a career ender, and that to me is the one. I mean, clearly we know the background of CTE oh, and concussion, so so that's tough. But to see how the leg almost hyperextends, and you know the damage, structural damage that occurs over your career from seeing teammates have that happen or even you have that happen, uh, that's a tough one. I've thrown hits like Ian Cole did where you just get caught in the, in the, in the tracks. 
But you've got to find someone to some way to lessen the impact of that. And he just followed through on it. And that's that's tough to, to resolve. Do I stand corrected when I say Ian Cole uh, only got fined? He's not. Yeah, he's, he will not be suspended for that. But he got fined the maximum well, allowed. What is that? 5K. 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 5K is, is someone on, on a road trip playing uh playing credit card game not not in my not in my pay range that's right? a long lunch so eh? that's, that's 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 for some guys making big tickets where they played the credit card game in, in the uh in, in the in the head chief and I, had the waiter pull it out i didn't think Coles was anywhere near as bad as pionks really and, yeah and yeah, I, I, I i only say that because uh first of all i thought shifley was awfully fortunate and lucky that he had stopped up on the play that he was right. almost at a standstill, which I think lessens the impact. And, and, and it, it enables you to kind of absorb it or roll off of it a little better. Um, Are you talking about the severity of the impact or the severity of the act? Uh, the impact. Okay, I agree too. Yeah. Uh, the head is not something to mess with. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, I, I thought it was sufficient for a five in a game and... I did not see it as a, a two or three game suspension. As far as the Spezza, I am with you 100% that it checks all the boxes that they had, that the league had spoken of. But you can check all the boxes and still give a two or three game suspension. Do you think if it would have been two or three, there would have been an outcry that they completely messed it up? I thought the league would have been fine with a two or three game suspension to Spezza and not six. I, I, th I think that the, yes, I think it's defensible for the league to look at and say the optics are horrendous from, from, a, from a game brand perspective, right? You're trying to sell the game to anybody and they see this they're like, oh, that's egregious violence. The truth is it takes a high level of skill. And this is to, this is to back up. I don't think Spezza is fully capable of doing this all on the fly and targeting the head that accurately. It takes a high level of skill to be traveling like that and, and to have such impactful contact with the head like he did. I think there is like there's a level of accident, accidental impact that the league can hide behind by giving them two or three. I thought that the, the amount was, was excessive. I thought the amount, especially Spezza. Like to me, Spezza's not, Spezza's not a guy, a repeat guy. If you're talking Nazem Kadri. I would say, okay, I can see the six games, but I'm, I'm talking Spezza, who's, who's been a character, upstanding guy, competes for his teammates. I don't think there was a, a full intent there. I think there was a, a, an intent to try and exact revenge, but not like that. Wardo, one thing we haven't talked about on the show yet today that you know, I wanted to get to was the Jujar Kara hit last night. He, he takes from uh, Jacob Truba, obviously uh, suffers a pretty serious concussion. Um, he had one earlier um, in 2021 from the Brett Ritchie fight, but that's, you know, that's unrelated to the type of hit he took last night. The type of hit he took last night, you know, how, where are we with hockey and those hits? Because, you know, me growing up and obviously you growing up, that was on the highlight reels that led it, right? That's the big hit. But now there's a discomfort with that level of contact. How do you feel about those hits in hockey today? Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Okay, so... That, you're correct, that hit was what we were coached on, right? Separate the man from the puck. He's got his head down. That's what you talk about is where you, you know, the old school coach we grew up with was like, well, keep your head up, right? You're responsible right. for your, your, your circumstance. Here's what I'll say about the Truba hit, in which I, it's, it's tough visually to watch that and then to see a guy down and, and see that, 
there's a, uh, almost a deflating of the environment there in MSG that occurs when, uh, you know, everybody realizes within a split second that this is, this is a tough situation. As, as a backup for Truba, Truba did not finish the hit like in the old days uh, everybody was taught. And what I mean by that is there was no thrust upwards. I think, honestly, as I watched Truba and being a guy that I said I, I was conditioned to hit in circumstances like that, you can make a choice as a hitter to either lean down, thrust upwards, and completely finish the guy. Mm-hmm. Or I think actually Truba, if you look at the body language or, or, or how he moved himself, technically he allowed the, the hit to come to him. He allowed the impact to hit him. It was a tough hit. And he's going to feel the, the effects of it. And I also think that you can see based on Truba's reaction, there was a sense of remorse, right? So it could have been worse. I'm just going to say it that way. Not, not to say, oh, it, it excuses it. It could have been way worse. Truba could have gotten himself down and utilized his legs, utilized his shoulder, come up in, in, a, in, a, in a clean manner, and then he could have even gone further and, and elevated off his feet. None of that happened. It was almost like he allowed the contact to happen, and that was the result. So I don't know how you take that out of the game because that is one of Truba's greatest assets. If you watch him, and I, he's a University of Michigan product. I pay special attention to these guys. I mean, I watched him coming up through the, the years with Red Berenson, and that was one of his MOs. He was such an adept, skilled hitter, that, and he didn't do it in, in an illegal fashion. That's a quality that had Winnipeg draft him, that, uh, that had New York paid the dollars that they did to mm-hmm. get him to come to New York. This is one of his high qualities. We speaking of uh, a major hit last night in the Chicago Blackhawk New York Ranger game, in which uh, uh, Caro was hit. Uh, taken to the hospital. The good news is, uh, according to the Blackhawks team physician, he was released from Northwestern Hospital earlier this morning after ex- uh, extensive testing and returned home. So that's great news. Uh, I think of- one of the things also you can add to that story as I, yeah. as I jump in. No, no problem. If you watch the Jonathan, if you watch the Jonathan Tay's presser post game, I imagine a guy with his level of experience and and, and his status in the league. Had that in the estimation of the Chicago Blackhawks locker room been a questionable or an illegal hit or they took issue with it, he had a platform to say something. And instead what he said was everybody on the ice realized what was going on. It, it, it took the energy out of the game. They, they knew they had to recover and try and win that game, but they just couldn't muster it in light of the fact that, that their teammate was down. And today, as I understand it, they canceled practice to let guys kind of gather themselves also before taking off on, on the road for, I think they play Montreal. So I think the Chicago Blackhawks locker room recognized that was more a hockey play than anything. And I don't think that's, that's something that uh, the, the, the haters of the physicality of the game can really technically remove from this game wholeheartedly. So we're all in agreement that we don't want to remove the threat of a potential hit like that out of our game. No. Correct. In agreement. I don't think, how can you though? So that's the question you like in the skill set that exists nowadays, with guys possessing the puck as much as they do, they love to hang on to it. And with the stick infractions that get called, there's a level of physicality that is forced into the game to try and even things out. If I'm asked to take the puck off Matthews, or I'm asked to take off the puck off McDavid because of the fact that I know they're so like slimy with a puck and they can get around me so easily, I've got to use my asset on them. And, and, and if I possess greater physical prowess, in that moment and can, and can dictate 
where they go with the puck and what they do with it, with my physicality, it's got to be there. Then we, then we put, the, put the defender or, or the guys that, that have those assets at a disadvantage heavily. For sure. I just, you know, from a selfish point of view, as someone that tries to make a hit like that, they are so far and They few. rarely present themselves. They, they, do, they do rarely present themselves. But when you do it, and it just, it just, and Mordo, I, I know you played pretty that physical too. I have I, literally I, never I, hit I, anyone I, like I wanna, that in my whole career. I want to say, I want to say something that just doesn't sound disrespectful to Kara or anyone else who's been hurt on the other side. But man, the best way I can describe it is getting up there on the first tee and just hitting one dead, so you just not don't even feel square. It. And you watch the thing we, go about 280 or 290. And it's like, I, I didn't swing hard. I didn't try to, you know, uh, overemphasize. And it just, it's such a natural feel. It feels different on the other end. I can tell you that. <laughs> and, okay, so, and we've been that on was, both sides, ahead, Mordo. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been, I've been crushed. And here's the truth. In moments where I've been hit like that, I honestly, in, I, and clearly I can't say it, but, but inside I'm like, I got to give it to him. He got me. And there's a level of satisfaction. And again, I, I'm with you on you don't want to be uh, insensitive to what the, the, the hit itself. But when you talk about delivering a hit, when you exercise the proper technique and you do it legally, as, as someone who's capable of doing that, those are moments you feel a small victory internally because it, it has a greater um, peace in this game. Right When a guy comes out and lays a hit like that legally, and hopefully you don't have the result like you do, but a guy lays on the ground, gets himself back up, it forces that entire team to A, focus on maybe defending that teammate in the moment, but B, for the entirety of that game, that hit has an impact on getting everybody to slow their, to slow their, their roll down. Like They don't feel as comfortable going through your neutral zone. They don't feel as comfortable battling in the corners against you. So yeah, your satisfaction analogy, that was exactly where I was going. That, that nice slow, smooth swing, driver, stroke it right down the middle, and you walk up, and in and, and, and hockey, my you head's the like you do in golf. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, it's, it's crazy, though. Like, if you are someone who likes to lay those hits now, they probably present themselves more than they did in the past. You know, Dumba ran over Engvall the other night. He ran over uh, someone on Winnipeg the next night. So he, 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 you're, you're right. And I just, just to extend on that, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'll ask you, Wardo, like, what does this do now for Truba and the next 50 games that he's playing against the opponents? Like you're not, it takes, it takes Truba to another level to hit like that. It really does in terms of, Hey, I, I got to think twice when this guy's on the ice and I'm not, the last thing I want to do is have my head down. I don't want to be Kara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, it's no secret from having, you know, gone into games like in the locker room when you step up there, there's a dry erase board, and, and they basically put the lines up there, and they, they put the D pairings up there. And generally, someone will be highlighted both on that board and in the pre-scout. Like, that's the job nowadays with all the technology that we do, in fact, have. Everybody is presented at nauseum of what their skill set is. Guys also have the privilege of watching, you know, NHL Network or, what, or whatever – you know, Sportsnet, um, the morning show, when they get up before they go to practice, they all see the highlights. And guys do their own internal scouting. If you're in this division, you already know. If you weren't, you kind of already had an inkling about what his, what his skill set was. I agree with you. They're going forward for the next X number of games. 
the opponent's going to be readily aware of the fact that Truba is almost like a patrolman on the ice. And it does, him, it does his team a great service, right? He's, he's in a position now to impact the game, not on the score sheet statistically, but just his mere presence. What's bizarre these days, though, is like, you know, when, uh, you know, I used to get lit up, my, my teammates weren't rushing out there to fight everyone because sometimes you see a guy get crushed and you'd go, well, you know, he was in a, he put himself in a bad spot there. Now, every big hit, there's a fight. You know, there's clean, yeah. there's fights after clean hits now all the time. And I get the idea of avenging a teammate. You can't hurt our teammate, clean or dirty. Where do you stand on the idea that after laying a big hit these days, you got to fight all the time? I, I hate it for two reasons. I hate it because it takes away from the modern game. Like, here's the truth. Can we not, every hockey player has a feel for the type of hit. You can tell if a guy's going after your player or that's just a circumstantial clean hit you ought to move on, play the rest of the game the way, the way it's supposed to be played. I am, I am honestly kind of tired of it because my era, I had, to, I had to talk to Kipper after I hit anybody. I had to talk to, to Kelly Chase. I, had, I mean, I wasn't seeing Tony Twist, but I sure was getting a talking to from certain individuals, right? And that was a, an accepted norm back in our day that you didn't go after certain guys, and, and that was the way the game plays. I think the game has evolved for the better that we don't need that anymore. We, you don't have to go stand up for a guy. If a guy feels like he's been done wrong, he can do it himself or collectively he can, you got, you can all stand up in some other way, but to stop the game in the moment and have to deal with it in that second, I think there's a better way. Take your time, take a number, figure out a way if you can do it back to that guy cleanly. And if you can't, then see, sort it out at a later time. I see it differently. Wardo. I, I, I don't see it quite the way you see it. I see it as in I'm the message I want to send you and anyone else is whether or not I think it's a cheap shot or a clean hit is irrelevant to me. I'm coming at really? you no matter what. And if, if, if I ca- catch you on a night when you're a little tired and you, you know, maybe it's three and four, you're on the road. I want you to think, if I go and hit this guy really hard, is it worth it to go deal with this guy right after 10 seconds later? And I'm just looking for the one guy who's a little bit questionable whether or not he wants to deal with me or not. So he may pass on the hit. Okay, but the, the hit's already happened, though. No, the, the no, I'm, I'm, I'm always playing for the next hit. Oh, the, okay. The, the okay. message I'm sending you is for the next hit. So back off my star player, and I'll give you a nice quiet night tonight. You won't have to deal with me. Are there players out there that will say, yeah, okay, I don't want to deal with it tonight? Do they Yeah, exist? I think there's plenty. I think there's plenty, and I'll give you an example of a guy. I don't think Wayne Simmons has to go fight a guy. I think Wayne Simmons has established enough of a reputation. There's plenty of guys around the, around the National Hockey League that, that possess this skill set is you simply have to go by, make a face, and have a word. And that is enough for a lot of guys to turn off the desire to go to the next step. So I agree with you in that capacity. I don't always feel like it warrants the fight. I think, so off of that face-off, it was Simmons who went, and I don't think he has to go ballistic and go cross-check the left winger and punch a guy at center. I think, again, I'm going to counter what you're saying, your, I somewhat agree that, that in light of a hit like that, you can be proactive, but I don't think it has to always be a fight. I agree I with that. You can get the same message across. Simmons goes up to my, my 
second-line centerman and says, off this face-off, I'm coming through, and my stick might end up around your head, do you think that guy's investing in that face-off right off the bat? No, he's not. And it, all it was was words. Didn't cost you two minutes. Didn't, didn't, didn't disrupt the flow of the Toronto Maple Leafs game. And you know that Simmons is doing his job. I 100% agree with that. But they're, they, the game, I don't care what era it is, there are messages uh, that, you, that you read and you interpret certain ways. And guys have been known to back off knowing what potential repercussions are out there. And again, if you catch okay. him a little tired, you catch, there's 82 games. I, I don't have to deal with crap every single night. There, there are nights they will take off. Okay, I will admit, I will admit that I am one of those guys that you're talking about, that in, over the course of my career, depending on who came to talk to me and who threatened me, and I'll give you an example, it, if, if, I got, if I got Brian McCabe or Darcy Tucker to come talk to me, I feel like I've done my job. The moment Ty got involved and started telling me that something was happening, I'm, and this is, a tr- this is a truth honesty, and I can name you the guys that would do it to me, and I think that they knew that they had an impact, right? So I was 100% on, on physicality driving that hit right through, I want to get you on your rear end. The moment you came to talk to me, maybe I was 75% invested in, in doing that. Maybe I just want to make contact, and not to, play, not to tell you that I softened up, but it, it, did, it did kind of, how's the word for it? It, it did have a bearing oh my on how, how I looked at the game going forward. Wardo, yes, that would I, be the best I, way. I had, I had a, a stint with the Leafs where I got to play with Ty. And I swear to God, he'd go up and down their bench and he picked the four of the toughest guys on that lineup and said, you don't even look at Matt. <laughs> don't even, like, uh, no, th- forget about hitting him. Forget about sticking him. You don't even get to look at him. And it would work. It would 100% work. So, it, I mean, it did. Well, it, it's not at that stage when you play in a team with no tough guys. No tough guys, right? I played in Carolina. Like, honestly, guys, I, 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 we had nothing. Like, our toughest guy was Randy Latticer, our, our assistant coach. <laughs> Which is so true. When Ty, yeah, when Ty decided that he was going to threaten us, we, were, we, were, uh, we, we, we believed him. But here's the thing we learned about Ty as an opponent. If Ty was coming to someone's aid and that guy was chirping you, if you had any good material on that guy and you threw it out in front of Ty and made him laugh, you were all good. <laughs> so to clarify with all this, is it relevant in playoffs? Are we talking about the 82-game grind or are we ta- is this stuff still a factor when it comes down to trying to win a playoff I know, series? Some, sometimes I think we see more fights in the playoffs than we have in the regular season. I think we season. did last year, actually. And I honestly think that the, mo- the most impactful hits happen in the playoffs. I think that is when, when the, the severity of taking a dumb penalty or a retaliatory penalty and it can shift the momentum of a seven-game series, I think that the value of Truba really shows himself through there, and it's less impactful in 82. If you're hitting a guy in game one or even game three, it has a bearing on, on the flow of play and the, and the level of security the opponent feels on the ice because they got to keep playing you game in, game out, and that's a re- there's a residual effect of that memory of what you just saw. 100% true. Hey, Wardo, we're going to let you go, but we really appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun, man. I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks, Wardo. Aaron Ward. Thanks. That was a fun conversation. That's great. Really good. You know, I'm sucking you down the black hole right now. Well, I feel like it, for people listening, you need to push back and just be like, you know, but I do agree because I did play and I, I have enough experience to know that intimidation is very real. That's that's a factor that for everyone. That was so old school conversation. That was great.
But it, I love you know that what, so you know much. what's great though? It is obviously still a part of the game. You see guys jawing, setting tones, throwing hits. Listen, you see fights. It's not going away. And, and you can't play hockey without it because the and sport he's right. dictates. Like uh, you know, I didn't like the fact that Wayne Simmons in Winnipeg had to take a, a two minute cross checking penalty, which they scored. And but what he did was send a message that uh, you you want to take runs at us. This is the new Leafs. This isn't the old Leafs. Mm-hmm. And it gives Pionk something to think about. When do they play again? They play again, don't they? Yeah, not until March 30th. I don't care if it's whenever it is. It's this year. And I'm watching that game. So you don't think we're drumming up the highlights right? next time they get together? And, <laughs> we will and, remind and, them. And the message has been sent. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, so I agree. I do agree. Um, well, Go ahead, Sammy. I just, you guys were kind of talking about, about these big hits and, you know, there obviously happens so much less than they used to. I just feel like hits like this used to be, you know, every, you know, a couple times every week, and the perception of them has just changed so much. You know, like when we, when I was younger, I remember just being so excited when a guy would get smoked like that, and that's like such a big part of the game, and you wouldn't really think about. Oh, Sammy Kapanen and getting knocked out no, oh was one God. of the greatest hits. The, thi- the you things, know? the things you didn't now think about, like, and now it's just, you know, with all the research and everything, and into concussions and how he was acting on the ice, it's just the perception of this stuff has changed so much. But on the other side of it, I don't want hits like that out of the game. It was a great hit. He had the puck in his feet. He was se- What he was doing last night was in the playbook. You're separating the man. He has the puck in his feet. He's trying to get the puck away from him, separating him away, and he smoked him. And I still want that to be a part of the game, but I guess I'm just kind of caught in between the old school and the new school. It's, it's a tough spot. There is a sensitivity to it now. You know, like last night I didn't even tweet out the video when I wanted to tweet about it because, you know, it makes – you know, makes me a little squeamish and, and other people where... Makes you squeamish because everybody's going to come down on you as being insensitive. That's why. Okay. I, mean, that's, I mean, that's definitely part of it. Yeah, it's, it is oh, a factor. It's 100% no, true. It's a factor I, for I'm, sure. I'm with you on that. Yeah. You know, you know... But also, I, I also, I will say, Kipper, I don't understand if there are people who that genuinely affects they, in some way. There, there's there's a, a new core that don't want that hockey anymore. They don't. Yeah, and I agree. There's a there's a big percentage of the population, not big percentage, I but don't there's know a where the per, there is a percentage. Well, and I think there's going to be a sort of a turning point over hockey. I mean, we've seen it in junior hockey. What junior hockey used to be, I mean, in Kipper's era. I oh mean, when God. I was when I was going to junior hockey games in Owen Sound for my whole life, where games would take four and a half hours because there's a fight after every whistle, and now there's barely a fight in junior hockey, and it's made its way up, you know, and it's just the changing of the game. But the, I think the danger is for people that w- grow up without the big hits or whatever, and then you come into a league where there are the big hits. Like, it's just it, the sure. transition of it. But, I mean, Jark, like, Kara played in the – he's play, I think he played in the dub. Like, he knows, like, that kind of, you know, hockey. It's not – he's a tough guy. He gets in fights. He's not a stranger to that kind of thing. I'm just saying. So, I mean, you, you brought up the, the Kapanen hit? Yeah, that was Borny. What year? Early two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. And how many have we seen like this over the years? Boys, the game's never been cleaner than right now. More sanitized than it is right now. To the point where some nights we're watching it and we're going, This is unwatchable. Like well, I'm, I'm being dead serious here. Yeah. Okay. But listen, there's, there's a lot of bad, uninteresting, no physicality. But it's all in the interest of of winning hockey now. So, like, if you're a guy who's looking for big hits all over the ice and you're running around you're out there, you're not getting it watching the NHL. Well, you're not getting you got, it. You but I'm saying like, if you because if you try as a D man, you're out of position. 
But there's you're out of position, you're getting burned half but, the time. But, Guys are too good. But they are far and few. Like, for people to still be screaming about the violence in our game, yeah. you have not no. been paying attention to 1,300 games a year the last three. Well, yeah. And the league that used to be synony- synonymous with this running around and physicality was the AHL, right? Like, the through the through the two, early 2000s and up, like, there was called the jungle for a long time. Like, it was a mm-hmm. scary spot, and now it's used more as a developmental league. It's more of a skill league. So I don't think there's many leagues anywhere in the world where people are running around anymore. It just doesn't really happen. And I still think there's a great place in the game for physicality. I love a big hit, but it just you're so shocked to see it now. I think that mm. goes to your point about there being fights after a big hit now. It's because it happens so rarely. Everyone's like, oh, my God, to that. I got to do something here, right? Yeah. Like I, I feel like that's a big part of it, too. So it's a good I, conversation, I give, but... I give uh, Chicago a lot of credit for not overreacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I think it came down to there was a bit of a scrap. Everyone was looking around, and then they saw it. But also, Kara lying on the ice there. The way Kara, kinda... Kara goes down, he goes down directly in the opposite direction from which he was traveling. Yes. So you know it's not a glancing, you know, he, you know, from the side. Oh, this is headshot. complete north south. This is stopped. a north south. He got stopped. So right. as if you're his teammate, you're like, all right, well, you know, it's probably not a dirty play when you. You know when he falls the way he yeah. fell, and I and I do like I do like what Kipper said about Truba. Guys, that guys, there's value for guys him are going to be done that. Sad gonna be, as it is, they're not going to be cruising oh, around no, the no, blue no. line with their head down I'll, much anymore. I'll never forget uh, my second year in, in junior hockey, and uh, I, I had already been a bit of a punching bag early in my career. Steve Thomas lit me up in a God, exhibition I we, game. I wish we could get some video. And of that. I go I go into Kitchener, and there's a fight breaking out, and I ended up uh, uh, fighting a, a a teammate of mine down the road, Wayne Presley. Yeah. And I hit him with a left, and he went down like a ton of bricks. And it changed me that moment. Mm-hmm. It changed me with how my teammates looked at me and how the rest of the Kitchener Rangers looked at me. Yeah. And it was as, as if... From then on, oh, he he, he's, he, he can fight, or you know he who, can he can he can take care of himself, or I, he's a lefty. Yeah. You got to watch him. You know who I saw that happen for? And it changed in a split second. Yeah, for me. Oh, I believe it. Cause I, I played with Michael Haley in the East Coast Hockey League and the American Hockey League, and he was a guy. He's got good mitts. I don't know if you remember a goalie scored to the Islanders, but like he can play hockey. But once people saw. That he's like Ty. He's like 5'10 and like will fight anyone oh, and f- will hold his own. He's a fire hydrant. He is a truck of a dude. Um, and that changed for him. All of a sudden, oh, Michael Haley, a little space in front of the net. Oh, a <laughs> lot of space. Like, all of a sudden, he was a 20-goal scorer in the minors. And it was like, oh, I'm not doing anything it different. Is, he's just got more room. It, it is a great feeling. Okay? I imagine. And I, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Truba is a great guy, mm-hmm. a class act. He's one of the stand-up guys, maybe, for me, captain material in New York, Jacob Truba. Sometimes I wonder a little bit uh, defensively. Sometimes he can sure. get lost like everybody else. But that guy, I have no I have no doubt in my mind he's reached out to, to Kara or anyone yeah. in uh, the or organization. But he's feeling really good about having maybe – a new pickup to his 
his aura, his perception around mm-hmm. the league that, hey, you want to come down my side? You might have to pay a price a little bit. Was it, he, it will change him a little bit. Was he the one that got Matthews in front of the net when he was playing for Winnipeg? Remember when, Winnip- when Matthews separated his shoulder, was hurt there for a while? Pretty sure that it was Truba that got was him, it? too, with on shoulder, on shoulder. He's a big dude, truck yeah. of a dude. and he feel- Well, one Listen, of a handful feel- of guys who, who looks to get guys in the track. He feels he awful, guaranteed, but in the moment it didn't feel awful. Right, so that's that's that. hockey. It uh, it's a lot of weight off his shoulders knowing that uh, he's okay. Takara is okay. Well, yeah. at least he's out of the hospital. Yeah. He's he's yeah. okay now. You know, the other thing you mentioned to me is he's Takara's uh, had a little bit of a history too, right? He's had take he's taken without a couple knowing of anything about you, him you and his first. You do I, worry about him a little bit. Well, right? I, I honestly, I can't help but feel like knowing what concussions do. I listen. My dad is sixty seven. I have seen all of the the guys who played with him. In that era. In that era. And I have interacted with all of them and hung with them and talked to them. And it has a lasting effect for a lot of guys. You know, not everyone, not everyone, but some people. And so I feel like for Kara, it's like you got to start thinking about the rest of your life at some point too. That's all. Fair. It does worry me a little bit. Do you guys want to talk about the Oilers' bottom six? Or the Canucks and Boudreaux? Which one interests well, you? Well, what do we... Oilers interest Oilers. me. Yeah, Oilers, Oilers interest me because actually they... You, you, you worked the game for Sportsnet last yeah. night, did you not? Yeah. And they had some good looks and they had their chances. And does this does this feel like a bad loss or one that uh, perhaps they didn't get a few bounces? You know, I feel like they've hit the same old bump in the road that they've had since Connor McDavid has been there, which is that their bottom six players, are j- or forwards, are just not helping them out. So, Sammy, do you happen to have the... I have it in front of me right now. Well, go and ahead and walk I, us through the And if I six. told you right now that the Oilers' bottom six this year, uh, I guess this is without 97, 29, and 39. Yeah. Uh, sorry, 93, sorry. So, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and McDavid. They are the worst they've been since 2016, 2017. They're, they're 26% of the goals are scored uh, from them. They have 9%, sorry, they have 9 goals scored, and they're thir- 25 goals against. Yeah, so. actually 29 against now. Oh, yeah, that, so that was going into last night. Yeah. So. so there are minus 20 in the bottom six right now. So does this not feel like what has been the Oilers' problem? You go, I'm not sure about the defense. I'm not sure about the goaltending. And the bottom six is, is not great. So the Oilers obviously off to a great start. Top six is better than it's ever been. But, man, same old problem, Skipper. Jake DeBrusque. Oh, mm. spicy. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Like, it really does. I can't. I can't. So does Louie live there? Louie's got to live there, doesn't he? Yeah. Y- Yamamoto. Like, what does it cost you? Well, yeah, I can't imagine that's the type of guy they want in Boston. But you're right. He's, he's a good player and someone that would they would consider, I'm sure. But they they, they need more help, obviously. They do. They need more help. I the, the separation between them and Calgary is becoming clearer. You know, Vegas is going to get healthier. You know, they suddenly look like a team to me who maybe, you know, they're a three seed. So, so like a, oh. and, and a goalie while we're at it? You know, right now they're without CeCe, Cuckoo, and Keith, which, you know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. It, it, that is affecting them, but it's like if, if those are the guys you're getting back, are you that good in the first place? So you see who's seeing this. Is number 97. And he's going into another year here where he's having another career year. You know, him and him and Drysaddle are both unbelievable so far this year. Yes. How it's just the pressure on them to deliver. I was just gonna every say over night. And, over. and speaking of points, pressure, three points. What's Kenny Holland feeling? Like, you know, he, he, 
there's writ whispers. You always hear stuff about McDavid and like, you know, being upset. Like how many more years can they keep doing this without him getting sour? Like he's already probably pretty sour, right? I mean, they're 16 and eight. For sure. <laughs> you know, they're having a great start. But they're having a good start. But like the, the, under, this, the problems are there. This looking at this in front of me, it means it's going to go in the other direction for a little while here. And if you look at their underlying stats, Sam, mm. uh, they are 16th, 17th, 18th, 16th, 18th. They're a middle of the pack NHL team in almost every possession category, chance category. Expected goals category. So that's that's what at five on five they're not great. Now their special teams are otherworldly. That's ama- That's where the, that's what carries them. But in the postseason, and where there's a little bit less special teams, mm-hmm. two teams get better. Three, you know, you're playing plays. better special teams presumably, and not the bottom of the barrel. And you're playing the same team for two weeks, right? A little bit more time to key in on things, and it changes a little bit. But yeah. yeah so, so if your special teams go from world beating to good, you're in trouble. Also, I uh, just wanted to update the Zach Hyman versus uh, Michael Bunting point that, totals. That no one is following. They're tied. 11 goals, 8 <laughs> assists for Hyman, uh, and the, uh, it's opposite for Bunting. And I said, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Richie and uh, Bunting would outscore Zach Hyman. Combined. Thanks, thanks, Nick. <laughs> Chipping in. And, and Richie's not helping me right now. So He did last uh, night. Okay, quickly before we go. How did, like, Bunting, got to get a new agent, pal. This, given the Leafs the, the second, second year. The second year, like, I understand one year, at, but, like, he's not a $900,000 player. Like, I'm not saying he's an unbelievable guy, but he's worth more than that. Yeah, I uh, I, I think that uh, Kyle deserves a lot of credit. On for that sure. One, How know? soon can he renegotiate or oh, negotiate no, for another no, deal? No, 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 no. <laughs> They're bleeding every penny not of that until one. Until that thing expires. Two years. They're Two getting years. the full length, and then we'll no chat. No if, ands, or but. And the other one is uh, uh, Kampf as well at 1.5. Like, I'm not saying that he could. Did Kasha get a second year? Actually? I think no, he did. Kasha was one year. One year? Oh, yeah. we will... yeah. No, no, Kasha was one year. Kasha's Kampf. one year. Uh, Camps two, two yep. at one point five. Yes, sir. And I'm uh, I'm not thinking that he would get uh, Philip Deneau money, but somewhere in between probably yeah. would have made more sense after uh, what what is perceived as going to be a, a solid third line lock it down centerman for you. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty good. Uh, anything on Carey Price? Did he actually practice in full equipment? He was, on, he was on the ice today skating with a with full gear on. That's so. good. That's a step in the right direction. That somewhere Doug Armstrong just had a big smile on his face saying, oh, yes, my goalie. You know, just got to throw this out there. Just the the mere fact that he could wear the full equipment is enough to now make him a He's a starting goalie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can strap up the pads? You're in. You're done. Well, it's like him and Eichel. Eichel skating? It's like he's skating. These guys want to go. I'm telling you, I've come around now. I'm Price Flurry Bennington. That's it. There's nothing else other than that. Give me the two old guys. Flurry makes me a little uncomfortable, but still pretty good. Oh, they all make me uncomfortable. Still pretty good. Yeah. Great show today. Yes. In my humble opinion. I thought you were spectacular. Ah, you carried me again. (laughs) John Cooper carried us. John Cooper carried the whole show. (laughs) He could talk too. Yeah. All right. He's going to go straight to. It's almost like he's a lawyer or something. If he ever gets fired, man, he's right on TNT. ESPN, he's right there. Yeah, not worried about his finances the rest of his life. Thanks for everybody joining in once again on the Real Kipper and Born Show. We're right back at it tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody.